You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. Election College, Episode 10, The Election of 1812, The Federalist Party Weakens, The Republicans Divide, and Crisis with the British and French Continues. Let's throw a political party. Face it, the political scene sucks, but did it always? It's time for Election College, and class is in session. Now, your hosts, Jason Goff and Ben Smith. Hey everyone, I'm Jason Goff. And I am Ben Smith. Today we'll be talking about increasing tension with the British and French, and the re-election of James Madison. Let's get into it. It is 1812. James Madison, well, he's a short guy, but he's uh, he's our president, and we like him. He's short, but he's big. You think that was his campaign slogan? <laughs> I think I, I don't think that was his campaign slogan, I, uh, but I think it should have been. Yeah, I think so. And there's the guy over in Europe who has a reputation for being short, but he's not. You know who I'm talking about? Napoleon, not Dynamite. He might, do you think he had dynamite? I don't know. I don't. I don't know. Doesn't Bonaparte sound like a like something you should go to the doctor for? Napoleon Bonaparte, like, sounds like you something you should really get medical attention for. Yeah, the poor guy. No yeah. wonder he had his hand in his shirt all the time. Seriously. So, like you said in a previous episode, Ben, he's going around kicking people all over the place in Europe, and tensions from these wars are really getting worse throughout Madison's first term. It's affecting the mood of the United States, and it is affecting Madison's perception and the perception that others have of him. Things all around are just really being affected by these wars. And, man, the British, right, Jason? Yeah, they're really bringing us down. They're basically kidnapping our sailors. That is not my idea of freedom. Yeah. It's like... Hey, Declaration of Independence. Hey, treaty that said we are now separate countries and we acknowledge that and all that good stuff. It's for naught. Right. So the British are still impressing American soldiers and forcing them to enlist in the British Navy, oftentimes even making up lies about them, saying, hey, yeah, um, they deserted. So we just we figured you were going to execute them. So we might as well take them for us. Right. <laughs> And we're like, well, we probably would have executed them, but you still shouldn't take them. Yeah, that's it's just not cool. Boo, British. And then the French, they're doing all kinds of things to interfere with the Americans. At one point, the U.S. even considers declaring war on France. And let me tell you, that would have been a crazy war because the Spanish, they're kind of hate everybody, but mostly they hate the French and the Americans. Spain gets Louisiana, right, from the French. Right. Mm -hmm. And then France says, 
No, it's ours. Napoleon's like, New Orleans, I want it. I got it. We need this place. New Orleans is ours. Yeah. So they're like, ha, ha, ha. New Orleans belongs to us. And as a matter of fact, while we have it, we're going to sell it to the Americans for $15 million. Which, of course, we all remember as the Louisiana Purchase. And so Spain's like, that sucks. (laughs) We could have really used that land. And now the Americans have it because the French stole it from us and we hate them both. And all the while, the British are continuing to maintain forts in the Northwest. And they're supporting all kinds of different Native Americans at who are at war with the United States, both in the Northwest and the Southwest. So it, it's like this, I was going to say a trifecta. What does it mean when you have four? A quadfecta? Quadfecta? Yeah. I don't know. It's just everybody hates everybody. It sounds like a country song. <laughs> you know what I didn't realize, Jason, um, until recently? The um, uh, Native Americans, the American Indians, different tribes and different groups fought on different sides during the War of 1812. I don't know why I thought that they only fought against the Americans. They They fought on the British side which is partially true, but they also fought against the British in the War of 1812. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. I didn't realize that either. Maybe we'll dive into that a little bit more in a future episode on uh, later this week on the War of 1812. Yeah, so before anybody decides to go all Napoleon and kick us around, we are going to get to that. Right. So the Americans are really wanting to expand into the South and to go West and... We kind of own the property, right? Like we own the Louisiana Purchase territory. Yeah, it's all uh, manifest destiny, right? Exactly. But you know, we've got we've got the Brits holding us up, and the Spanish threatening us, and the French. Who knows what they're doing? So, I mean, in the meantime, we need some real stability, right, Jason? We need some stability in our leadership. So, who do we look to? We look to James Madison, of course, and his trusty vice president, George Clinton. Yeah, and George Clinton is going strong, and then he dies. Oh. He has a heart attack in April of 1812. Okay, so George Clinton, he's out, but it's okay, because we have somebody else to replace him, right? Nope. Oh. But hey, there's an election coming up, right? Yes. Okay, yes, that's right. Um, there's a there's an election coming up, and the Federalist Party is really strong, and and they're gonna they're gonna just keep going strong. Yeah. So you know they're cruising along. Washington dies. Hamilton dies. And- well, I mean, he was brutally murdered by Aaron Burr. Wow. Let's not forget that. Why did you have to say his name? Well, I mean, he's part of history, so I feel like I have to bring him up every now and then. That's just upsetting. Anyway, there really is no powerful Federalist leader except for John Marshall, but he's got a pretty sweet deal. He's on the Supreme Court now, and he wants to leave that job. Yeah, it's, that's life right there, man. You got it wrapped up. Yeah, you got the cool robe, and you. yeah, there's just no reason. So even before George Clinton uh, tragically passes away, there's this guy named DeWitt, 
And DeWitt Clinton is actually, um, well, he's considered among many, especially many in the North, to be the preferred candidate to actually go against Madison. Yeah. So keep in mind that DeWitt Clinton is a Democratic Republican and James Madison is a Democratic Republican. But in this time period, the parties mattered less than where you were from. So the Clinton, should I say the Clintons, they were very much New Yorkers. They were from the North and Madison is from Virginia. So the, the Northern Democratic Republicans differed in a lot of ways from the Southerners. And just to give you a little bit of background about DeWitt Clinton, he is a former U.S. Senator uh, from New York, like Jason said, and he really didn't really care for Washington, D.C. as a senator. I mean, he didn't really like it there. So he resigned after serving for just a little under two years. And then he goes back to New York and he's appointed the mayor of New York City. DeWitt Clinton is the mayor of New York City. And wasn't George Clinton at one point the governor of New York or something? Yeah, he Sorry. was. Mm-hmm. I think that's right. And actually, DeWitt Clinton, I'm going to give a little spoiler alert, later does become governor of New York. So does a lot of crazy stuff with the Erie Canal, and he does a lot of good. And DeWitt is, uh, I mean, he's related to George, right? Yeah. It sounds good to me. It sounds like he's going to be a really strong candidate, don't you think? Yeah, sounds solid. Mm-hmm. So we've got the Northern Federalists um, who, by and large, throw their support behind DeWitt Clinton, but they didn't actually officially put him out there as a candidate because they thought, well, he he's you know if we openly endorse him his chances in states where the federalists remain unpopular would be damaged so we can't really endorse him yeah so places like virginia and the south they went ahead and put forward their own candidate and in, in the case of virginia they put forward rufus king rufus king who's that <laughs> they've heard of him where was he he was somewhere in the past yeah, he did. He ran a couple times before, at least, I think. Yeah. But with a name like Rufus, it, it it's just not going to work out. <laughs> uh, so DeWitt Clinton, um, he's he's kind of the first big flip-flopper that we meet, at least that we know about. He plays the anti-war card in the North, and he plays the pro-war card in the South. And since there was no America Online at the time, well, it was there, but it was just bogged down pretty bad. Uh, since America Online was down, nobody knew that he would say one thing in one place and then another and another until much later. You know what? His approval rating just went down in my book. Well, I think it went down in other people's books as well, apparently. I refuse to vote for him. I don't dislike him as much as I do that other guy, Aaron Burr, that you mentioned. But eh, DeWitt Clinton, presidential run, not so much. So James Madison... Our boy, he, uh, well, let's just go ahead and spill the beans. He gets reelected and he is the first of only four presidents in the history of the United States to win reelection with a lower percentage of electoral votes in their second election than in their prior election. So what, what I'm saying to break that down a little bit, he is, uh, there are very few presidents who have ever run twice and gotten less electoral votes in the second election than they did in the first. Yeah, he really was riding off the coattails 
are riding on the coattails of TJ. I mean, you got TJ, he is on a roll. And Madison is just riding that wave. He's on his own, basically, the second time around. And eh, he pulls it off. Just in case you were wondering, the other three presidents who have done that, who have gotten less electoral votes in their second uh, election than the first, uh, Woodrow Wilson in 1916, Franklin Roosevelt in 1940 and 44, and uh, Barack Obama in 2012. Hey, you want to talk about the vice president? I guess, yeah. um, There's this guy named Elbridge Jerry. And he wins. And he was actually quite the statesman. He had done a lot of great things. And unfortunately, he dies. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, James Madison is just not having uh, really good luck with his vice presidents. I mean, first Clinton dies and then and then Jerry dies. And Do you think James Madison killed them? <laughs> like he maybe poisoned them or something? Ben. Sorry, I don't want to start conspiracy theories 200 years after the fact, but it's just a thought that came into my head. That is scary. So if somebody in the Madison administration calls me up and says, hey, do you want to become the vice president? I think I'm going to say I'm going to stick to the farm. Yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, you know gerrymandering? It's um, it's a process that they use uh, whenever they're drawing up electoral districts, and they're trying to get different parties to be in power, and so they draw up the electoral dif- districts differently. Uh, they call that gerrymandering, and this is actually named after Elbridge Jerry, the dead vice president. Nobody would ever do that, would they? No, that's um, everybody's perfectly honest and legitimate. So okay, just making I sure. Don't even know why it's a thing. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, I think that's pretty much everything we have to say. There's a lot more to say about James Madison. Uh, we'll talk about him some more in our next episode, which is the War of 1812. If you just can't wait a few days until the next episode comes out, you can check him out on Audible. Uh, there's a book called James Madison, both on Audible and on Amazon. We'll put both links in the show notes. So you can get a free trial at Audible at electioncollege.com slash Audible for one month, one book for free. Hey, you know what I love almost as much as Audible? I bet you're going to say something about reviews. Yeah, and check out this review from Betty. She wrote to us and said, Gear up for the 2016 presidential election with Election College. You don't have to be ready for Hillary, Rubio, or Jeb, just Jason and Ben. They'll bring you historical perspective on the U.S. election process sprinkled with dry jokes. Let's throw a political party. Hey, thanks, Betty. We like it whenever people say nice things about us, and we like it when people use our tagline. Let's throw a political party. I didn't even really realize that was our tagline until just now, but it is, apparently. Yeah, and every time you say that, I'm going to do a little dance. I'm doing a little dance right now. I see that. That's nice. Hey, well, I think that's pretty much it for this episode. Please go ahead and check us out on our website at electioncollege.com. You can listen to all of our episodes there in a nice little player. You can check out um, what Jason and I look like and maybe even find us on Twitter. You can read our blog where we write and post articles about different topics we find interesting. And uh, there's going to be lots more stuff coming really soon right at you. And don't forget, if you like what you hear, leave that review on iTunes. It really helps us out. All right, everybody. This is Ben. And this is Jason. Thanks very much for listening. We'll see you.